ask a person, are you a Christian? And if that person says yes, ask, well, what do you think happens to you when you die? And the odds are pretty good you're going to get some kind of fuzzy, Hollywoodish, unclear concept like, well, we become angels in heaven. Uh, no, we don't. Or, well, our, our souls will uh, fly through the heavens and uh, we'll polish our halos and, st and strum our harps. Yeah, it sounds awfully boring to me. But then ask, what will your body be like when you are raised from the dead? And here is where you might get some really strange, puzzled looks. Not unlike the looks, perhaps, that St. Paul got from the sophisticated Greeks when he was in Athens and spoke about the resurrection at the Oropagus. Now, if you recall, Paul was doing really well until what? He mentioned the resurrection and then everything fell apart. Why? Because most ancient pagans viewed the body as evil. In life, it was an obstacle to the perfection of the soul, and in death, it was a hindrance to the soul. This is why many ancients cremated their dead as a way of liberating the soul from the ensnarement in the body. In fact, the Jews were one of the few groups of people that buried their dead. So the very idea that one's afterlife includes a risen body, reunited to its soul, it was repulsive. Many Christians seem unaware that we will experience a bodily resurrection that one's soul will be reunited with his or her body and experience heaven or hell as a bodily creature. Far too many Christians uncritically think the body is just a shell. I hear this sometimes at funerals. Oh, well, Father, the body is a man. It's just a shell. That's when the Viking comes out. Not true. The body is an essential element of who we are. A soul is not enough. We need a body to be fully human. And we proclaim that Jesus' body, taken from the Blessed Virgin Mary at the moment of his conception, was brutalized, crucified, experienced death, rose from the dead, and appeared to many. He did not appear as a ghost, but in a glorified body, a human body, our body. And in his glorified body, he could manifest himself anywhere, to anyone, at any time, defying the laws of physics and time. In his glorified body, he ate food. And on at least one occasion, as mentioned in John's Gospel, he actually cooked breakfast for his disciples. How nice to know we will still eat. Today the church celebrates that our resurrected Lord in his risen body, in our body, ascended to where he came from, heaven. In Christmas we celebrate he descended from heaven. Today we celebrate he ascends back to heaven. The cycle completed. It was an event that was witnessed in time and history by his disciples, but it transcends time and history. 
We proclaim that Jesus at this very moment is seated in his resurrected and glorified body at what we call the right hand of the Father, with whom he has always shared their one undivided divine nature. Now this means that right now Jesus shares in his body, in our body, full dominion and power over all creation and time. The ascension of our risen Lord into heaven is not some cold, abstract doctrine of interest to professional theologians. It speaks to all believers, or it should. Back in the fourth century, St. Augustine gave a sermon on the ascension. He said something to his congregation we moderns scarcely give any thought to. For just as he remained with us even after his ascension, said St. Augustine, so too, listen to this now, so too are already in heaven with him, even though, so too we are already in heaven with him, even though what is promised us has not yet been fulfilled in our bodies. Now, what does it mean we are already in heaven with Jesus? Jesus is not absent from us sitting on, some, on the top of some cloud 18 quadrillion light years away at the edge of the universe? Hardly. Sharing fully in the nature of his Father. Jesus is omnipresent. That is, he's also present everywhere and to everyone at any time, even while in his glorified body, our body. This means that he is present to us and we are present to him in the Holy Gospels, in prayer, most profoundly in the sacraments that he gave his church, and in the service we offer to one another as believers. We participate now in his divine life as we wait for our resurrection and glorified body. St. Augustine then said, Christ is now exalted above the heavens but he still suffers on earth all the pain that we, the members of his body, have to bear. While in heaven, he is also with us, and we, while on earth, are with him. It is precisely because our risen and ascended Lord shares fully in our nature that nothing happens to us that Jesus does not notice. Jesus reigns in heaven as the head of the church while always remaining at the same time the good shepherd. There's not one member of his flock he fails to tend to. The passage of years, decades, centuries, millennia does nothing to alter this truth because from Jesus' perspective, the perspective of divine love, time, has no meaning. Jesus' ascension into heaven in his glorified body has not made him remote. He's closer to us than we can imagine, perpetually offering us his mercy, love, and encouragement as we slog our way through this messy pilgrimage we call life. Just as his resurrection is a foretaste of our resurrection, so too his ascension into heaven 
in our body is a foretaste of our ascension to our eternal home in our glorified bodies. Nothing can separate us from Jesus unless we choose to separate ourselves from him through sin and unrepentance.